the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today, in this second reading from the Gospel of Luke, or the second Sunday of the Gospel of Luke, we have um, the golden rule given to us. And very often, I think, in our uh, thought, we sort of stop at the golden rule, as if the golden rule itself is the pinnacle of virtue, a pinnacle of what Christ is calling human beings to fulfill. But this is actually not the point of this verse. For everything that follows from it, our Lord unpacks the limitations of the golden rule and ends with a virtue that is, by human power, impossible to fulfill. For it's not really a human virtue, but it is an attribute of God. He ends with telling us to love our enemies, to do good, and to lend, or to give, to help somebody, expecting nothing in return. So what we really have before us in this passage that is, like culminates a section of what's called Christ's Sermon on the Plain, that is culminating Christ's teaching about the Christian relation to wealth, to helping somebody, to what do we do with all of the things that God has telling us to do with the things that he has given us. This passage here, he begins with the golden rule, and then our Lord critiques it most beautifully. And that's what I want to focus on today. The Lord gives us in this critique of the golden rule, he gives us the best of human virtue that we can possibly do. This is what fairness looks like. To do unto others as you would have them do to you. But this is only fair treatment. And our Lord rather gives an answer to the mindset of those who pursue wealth or even just worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Or for those who are expecting from their discipleship of Christ, from their Christian life, that this will be all pleasantries. Our Lord is rather teaching his disciples through this and through this critique of the golden rule that he is giving us in the, most, in the best formulation possible. No other philosopher, no other religious teacher had ever quite formulated how human beings should treat one another in this way. But even at that, our Lord goes a step further. He goes to what is humanly impossible to fulfill, to love our enemies and expect nothing in return from the good things that we do. So in this critique, the Lord is giving us a radical charity to embrace. He is not saying to be apathetic or to be lazy, like some sort of Big Lebowski, you do you, man. He's not calling us to that sort of lazy attitude but to real activity. He commands us to, be lo to love and actively love our enemies. And at the same time, he is telling us, don't pursue wealth, don't pursue money, and don't expect that the golden rule will actually be followed by others. And when it is, thank God. Christ here is subtly critiquing the culture that surrounds him a culture that had actual gods of wealth, one named Mammon in the Syrian culture around him, or Pluto in the Greek Hellenic culture around him. 
These were actually gods that people went to, gave their offerings, gave their sacrifices to, and expected something in return. They expected that patron of wealth, this god of wealth, to give them that. But our Lord is saying that God is not like that. Our Lord replaces this with what his disciples should actually do. And he says that here is the mark of a true Christian, one who is the a son of God, a daughter of God, the one who is a son or daughter of the highest one. This is not the simple justice of the golden rule, but going beyond this, to, as we have said, loving our enemies. Christ is giving us, by this humanly impossible standard, the divine and heavenly standard, the way for us to become children of God like he is, the only begotten Son of God, of the Father in heaven. So when our Lord gives the command to love your enemies, when he tells us this, when we give to those and expect nothing in return, when we go out of our way to do good to those who may even mean us harm, it is for, he is implanting as a rule for us that this will be for our salvation no matter what the outcome and their reaction may be. Because only then is it a real act of love, one that is established of how God acts. And that's really the point of what this reading is, that it's impossible for a human being to fulfill this, but when we call on God, it is able to be done. We are able to love our enemies. We find nothing equivalent like this in nature. When we look at nature and some animal harms another one, or even some sort of parasite harms another one, that natural animal, that natural being, fights that thing. It runs or it runs away. It doesn't want to go and help that thing more, right? We never see anything in nature. I would challenge you to try and find something like that. The closest that we could find, and this comes from an image of St. Nikolai that he gives to us, is how a pearl is made. A pearl is this irritation of sand that is inside a mollusk, right? And this irritation of sand, that mollusk will turn and coat it. And in a sense, we could say, love on that little piece of sand, and we get a precious pearl that comes from the inside of that interaction there. That's the closest we can get to an illustration from nature, to this principle that God is giving us. And in this, we learn from our Lord that love though it is not natural, and it is not part of fairness among humans. It is not a contractual exchange. It is rather mercy that is the opposite of this contract. Mercy and love given is juxtaposed by our Lord to credit and to lending as we normally understand these things. St. Gregory Palamas makes our Lord's purpose clear about how we are to use our finances and how we are to relate to one another and what our intention is supposed to be when we give to others, when we lend to others. He says this, Now Christ tells us through the gospel, 
You who are mine will find grace in my presence if you keep my commandments. But if you do nothing more than sinners do, loving those who love you and doing good to those who do the same to you, you will have no confidence toward me on that account. He does not speak like this to deter people from loving or from doing good or from lending to those who will love them, give to them, lend to them in return. But he shows that acts, these acts do not earn a divine reward. So they have their recompense here and now. They are left, in other words, on the level of the earth. And do not bring any grace to the soul, nor cleanse it from the ingrained defilement of sin that we may have. So true love, love that is like the one that Christ has done for us and is still giving to us, is an act that brings us the highest possible value. It brings us into a relationship with God. And with this, there is nothing higher. When we love, when we do good for someone and give to them for the Lord, toward especially an enemy, or to someone who gives us nothing in return by these actions, God ensures that these actions become a pearl of great price. They become himself given. That is the most valuable thing that a human being can experience. And this is none other than a divine adoption, becoming a son or a daughter of God, and even becoming like him. For this is the way that our Lord loves. This is the way that our Lord lends, our Father in heaven lent his son to us. So St. Nikolai, continuing and returning to him, says that we are called to a majestic good that gives and expects no return. When we give out of love and then expect nothing, this is a reflection of our Heavenly Father. St. Nikolai preaches and talks about the goodness and love of God in this way. Does God wait for men to deserve the sun's warmth and only then command the sun to shine? Or does he first act out of his charity and love? Charity is an active virtue, not a passive one. God has made this clear from the foundation of the world. From day to day, since the world began, the Lord has, with his gracious hand, poured our rich gifts out rich gifts to all his creatures. Where Were he to wait for his creatures first to give him something, neither the world nor a single creature in it would exist. So our Lord is calling us to become like him. The mercy of God is not determined by our response to him. So therefore, Christian mercy and those who are merciful should not depend on the response of others. So my brothers and sisters, do not wait to give mercy or to, or to give in charity because God doesn't wait to do so. And don't expect an equal reciprocation because what we have and what we get from God will never equal what he has already given us. Rather, when we give to a needy person or in our regular offerings to the church of your time or your talents or even some of your wealth, do it as an expression of love and a desire to have a relationship with the Lord. We are called to become sons of the highest, as our Lord has said, and our Lord is telling us how to become his very children, 
through this. Sons are not in a debtor relationship with their father. Fathers do not expect a repayment for their adoption or their begetting of their sons. A relationship is the purpose of love and of doing good and of giving. And in doing so, the relationship you have with your heavenly father is promised to you if you do so expecting nothing. This is no earthly transaction that happens. So my dear ones in Christ, make your offerings to God and your charity as an act of seeking relationship, not of buying God's goodwill or of ingratiating yourselves to another human being. This should be about giving of yourselves through finances or your talents or your time to others through and with the church and in your personal lives. It is an act of love and desire for relationship that should motivate you. Credit and lending, keeping a transaction book to balance is not the paradigm of the gospel. So never mistake those things as part of how God works with us. The gospel of God's love is about adoption and knowing the Father. It is about establishing a relationship of God to humanity and of uniting humanity in that love. It is about becoming compassionate to others by deed, no matter their response. And it is about offering ourselves to have a relationship with God. So when you give to the needy, or give what you have set aside from your income or your wealth, and offer that up to the Lord, do so desiring a relationship with him. Do so to thank him for all that he has done, will do, and continues to do. Love is not a bank with a credit limit or a loan policy. Nor is it one that can fail or give us nothing even when it should. Rather, love comes from the infinite being of the Godhead. It is an outpouring of himself. And Christ calls us today to love as he does. To love even while the enemies are persecuting and crucifying us, even to that degree. Before we close, I can't do better than how St. Nikolai closed his homily with this passage. He who grasps that charity is an active virtue and not a passive one and begins to fulfill it after this manner that our Lord has taught us will soon find that heaven and earth reveal themselves to him in new colors. He will so come to know both God's charity and man's. Charity is the striking of stone with stone that always produces a spark. He who strikes this blessed spark and he who receives it will both feel God's presence with them. At that moment, they feel God's caressing hand on both of their hearts. The Lord therefore said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. O Lord our God, who is full of mercy, charity, and love for sinners, us ungrateful ones, for you love all mankind, we ask that you help us to unite ourselves to your command to love our enemies, to do good, and to give expecting no earthly return. We seek your grace to offer up all that we, ha- we are and have, and that we may become and truly be sons of thee who art called the highest. Amen.